This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Rick Forchuk is joining us with Rick's Picks, a look at the weekend's new movies. Joining us from the desert. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Sterling. Just wondered, but just before we get into A Wrinkle in Time and the rest of the week's new movies, I'm curious, my friend, how you did in your Oscar predictions last weekend. You were 80% last year, 90% the year before. How'd you do for this one? Well, my prediction was bang on. I said I had no idea how I would do, and I was just at 50%. Oh, really? Well, it was that kind of year, wasn't it? It was a tough year. It was very tough. Although, after the Oscars had been awarded, all of the pundits came up and said, yep, that's exactly what we expected. But that's easy to do after the awards are given. Yeah, hindsight is twenty twenty. Interesting, we're going to talk about A Wrinkle in Time. And during the Oscars, uh, Jimmy Kimmel gave the movie quite the uh, premiere, didn't he? Yeah, he did, and uh, The Wrinkle in Time is exactly that. Uh, it was an eight-minute uh, preview of this movie, or promotion, really, during the Oscar telecast. Kimmel took a number of nominees and winners across the street to a theater that was offering a preview of the film, and there was no disclosure from Kimmel uh, that the Oscars were on ABC, ABC owns Disney, and Disney was opening up the new movie, so it was a bit of a put-up job. Mm-hmm. As for the film, though, Sterling, it's been around before as a two-part TV miniseries series in 2004 that was shot in Richmond and Vancouver with a mostly Canadian cast. In the young adult book written by Madeleine Lango and its uh, subsequent sequels, as well as the miniseries, the family at the center of the action is a Caucasian family, but the movie has them as a racially blended family. Uh, Chris Klein is Dr. Murray, a physics PhD, along with his academic PhD wife, played by Gugu Mbatha-Raw. And the lecture, they that lecture on the possibility that space and time can be folded over and that one can theoretically cross vast distances by just going through the fold. So we join the story on the fourth anniversary of the disappearance of Dr. Murray, who vanished without a trace, leaving his wife to raise their two children alone. Uh, that's Meg, played by Storm Reed, age 13, and younger brother Charles Wallace, played by a young Derek McCabe. Uh, The books had a pair of twins of the family as well. They don't appear in the movie. Uh, Meg is a troubled young teen acting out since the disappearance of her dad. Charles Wallace seems to have secrets, and indeed he does, having befriended a spiritual being that lives in a nearby deserted house said to be haunted. Well, soon three ethereal beings appear to Meg and her brother, led by Oprah Winfrey as Mrs. Witch, Reese Witherspoon as Mrs. What's-It, and Mindy Kaling as Mrs. Who. What follows could easily be an episode of Oprah's show, talk of becoming the best you that you can be, unlocking the power within, learning to trust, and recognizing that love conquers all. We set out on a journey to the ends of the universe looking for Dad, who's been imprisoned by the It. Now, now the movie is visually stunning. Mm -hmm. The story pretty standard, Sterling, as Meg finds herself and her purpose, and, of course, leaves young viewers longing for the sequel. I would say this is a movie for... 8, 9, 10, 11, 12-year-olds, maybe 13 at the top. And uh, it's one that, uh, from a visual point of view, I think most adults will like. But story, definitely for young people. Okay. Now, the next one that's out this weekend, it's going to be a tough uh, weekend to debut up against A Wrinkle in Time, given the hype that's behind that. But there's a a heist movie, speaking of hype. There's a heist movie called The Hurricane Heist. What's this about? Yeah, you know what? I like heist movies, and I like uh, disaster movies. I do, too. Yeah, the two genres are combined here, uh, the disaster and heist film. It does not work at either level. Uh Uh-oh. 
the crooks who are robbing the U.S. Mint Sterling are doing so as a Force 5 hurricane comes crashing into the area. And all the, the movie is a straight-action film, and there are a lot of laughs. None of them intended to be funny. You know what that's like in a mm-hmm. movie. Uh, they didn't mean for this to be funny, but it's just silly. Uh, none in a good way either. One of the first laughs is that the setting is a mint facility in Gulfport, Mississippi. But the movie is shot in Sofia, Bulgaria, and which, try as it might, looks nothing at all like Gulfport, Mississippi. Uh, when the Razzie Awards come around next year for the worst movies of 2018, this one will definitely be on the list right near the top. It's staffed by a cast of actors who clearly needed the money, including Ben Cross and Maggie Grace. You'll find that most of the big action scenes take place against the backdrop of the worst of the hurricane, so you can't really tell what's happening. It's very bad CGI special effects. It's trying to be as good as a Sharknado movie, but it has a long, long way to go. <laughs> a rating on the hurricane heist, bad movie. Trying to be as good as Sharknado. Well, there's something to strive for now, isn't there, Rick? How about Gringo? What's this about? Yeah, well, there's a great cast here in a movie that would not normally attract the likes of Charlize Theron, Joel Edgerton, David Oyelowo, Fandy Newton, and Amanda Seyfried. Uh, they do not play nice people, any of them really. Uh, Theron and Edgerton especially are Elaine and Richard, co-CEOs of a company bent on producing a legal sort of medical marijuana pill. Things go wrong in their Mexico-based production facility, and they go on a field trip to see what's up, taking along with them one of their middle managers named Harold. He's played by Oyelowo. Uh, Actually, they need a dupe and a stooge, and Harold is it. Elaine and Richard are corrupt, greedy, and walking a fine line between legal and not when they set Harold up in Mexico. He gets kidnapped by the bad guys, or is that just a trick? And he escapes, or is that a trick too? The movie is a very dark comedy. It's violent and vile. You will either love it for what it is, or you might want to walk out of the theater. Uh, I found it, uh, despite the edgy nature of it, a really interesting story and well played. It comes from Amazon Studios. Oh, okay. And Charlize Theron produced it. It's edgy. It's surprising. If you want something very different, this will do the trick. It is an 18A rating, however. That's gringo. Okay, interesting stuff. Those are the three new uh, um, films at the cinema this weekend, Rick, but you've got a couple of other uh, things to tell us about, notably from Netflix. Yeah, Netflix has got an extravaganza here this week. The Fast and the Furious from 2001, Too Fast, Too Furious from 03, Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift from 06, and Fast Five from 2011. Four for the price of one, offering up a veritable festival of smoking tires, crashing cars, and fast men and faster women. Uh, The first four movies in the series, three with Vin Diesel and Paul Walker and one without, that's Tokyo Drift, went its own way, uh, provide action thrills and high adventures for car fans. Sterling, 14A rating for The Batch, and uh, a great way to binge watch if you want to do that. No kidding. There's a whole whack of them all at once, isn't there? You betcha. How about uh, The Brothers Grimm? What's going on there? Yeah, this one's from 06. It's a fantasy adventure. It really owes nothing to the source material, the fairy tale spinning Grimm's of the 19th century, who were cultural academics in Germany around 1830. Yeah. Uh, yeah, instead, the filmmakers have uh, placed Matt Damon and Heath Ledger as the brothers, a pair of Bavarian con artists who get caught up in some real fairy tale magic. Uh, one of these magical tales is that of Jack and the Beanstalk. It wasn't from the Grimm's at all. It was rather based on an old English folk tale, not at all known in Germany. But it's kind of an interesting story, some good special effects. And uh, uh, for those who like to make fun of Matt Damon, uh, special people like, like uh, Jimmy Kimmel, mm-hmm. perfect example here. He's not well not well cast here, but uh, it's interesting. A 14A rating, that's the Brothers Grimm. Was that Heath Ledger's last film? 
I know it was not. Okay. Uh, uh, no, he's had a couple since then. It was not his last. Okay. And over on Crave TV, and it's interesting because this is a movie that, uh, because Fox this weekend is running an O.J. Simpson interview, and here we are on Crave with some kind of O.J. thing. Was that What's going on there? Yeah, timing is everything, right? Yeah. And I don't believe in coincidences. Uh, it's, a, from a, it's a miniseries from Discovery Channel. It's called Is O.J. Innocent? The Missing Evidence. Uh, this is from last year. It postulates that uh, Simpson was not guilty at all, despite the fact that many disbelieved his court outcome and still believed that he killed Nicole Brown Simpson and Ronald Goldman. You have to be the judge on this one, but it does present evidence indicating that he could not have done it. Uh, the rating on Crave TV is mature, and yes, Fox does have that interview in which uh, Simpson says something like, I didn't do it, I'm innocent, but if I were to have done it, here's how I probably would have gone about it. Yeah. That'll be an interesting watch as well. Absolutely, and uh, American Idol's back, Rick. Yes, it is. American Idol, Ryan Seacrest, fresh off the snubs on the red carpet at the Oscars by female stars, fronts the reboot of this franchise that made stars out of such singers as Kelly Clarkson, Carrie Underwood, Jennifer Hudson, and Jordan Sparks. It begins with the audition process in several American cities as the show settles in for a 13-week run. Uh, originating network is ABC, and uh, CTV2 is airing it in Canada. And, of course, uh, for, for those uh, who sports fans who, who still can't quite shake off the Olympic buzz that we all enjoyed so much on TV, the Paralympics just got underway as well this weekend, Rick. Yeah, they just got going, and uh, CBC is doing a lot of coverage there. There's some on TSN as well, and, um, and we've got some gold medals already, which is pretty cool. It is very cool. Thank you for this, Mr. Forchuk. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.